right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what time it is. That's right, another of a, another edition of the one and only Fan in the Van podcast time. You know, doing these episodes now without any, like, NFL games is really, to me, it's kind of getting a little harder to talk about because I really kind of don't watch the NHL as much as I once did. The NBA right now, I think games start again tonight, Whitey, and... You know, I just kind of, yeah, I, I can't watch a product that's really kind of, it's soft and it's, don't get me wrong, the talent is there, but I can't sit there and, and watch this all game. He breathed on me, he breathed on me, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, like uh, before the All-Star break, you know, I tried watching the game and I was like, uh, I don't know what this shit is, give me the Bad Boys Pistons, give me the 90s Bulls, give me the 90s Knicks, you know. And, uh, you know, that was pretty much, you know, all I got to say on that front, Jim. Well, yeah, and the NBA back then was different. I think it was more, it, it was it, it was more entertaining because you always had those, especially in the playoffs, right? Like, Knicks Bulls will always go down as, like, one of the best, like, NBA playoff series ever because it always seems every time, like, the Knicks were just there, like, they're about to get to that to that brass ring, Jordan would just be like, nah, bitch, you're not getting that. And I think this NBA, you don't have anything like that. And, you know, again, maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe it's something where, you know, older guys like like me are used to that style of NBA. And maybe I just, as I've been told by by some, I'm unwilling to adapt to it. I don't think it's that. It's that I've tried to watch it. Don't get me wrong. If there's nothing else on, you know, and I'm flipping through the channels, there's nothing else on. There's a game on. I mean, I'll watch, but I'm not going to sit there and be invested in it. You know, like, even if I was doing a parlay on it, that might be the only way I'm invested in it. Like, okay, let's say it's like Nuggets Kings, and I got, like, DeAndre Fox for, like, over 22 and nine assists and whatever else, and then you got Jokic for over 25 and over 10 rebounds, and you know, like whatever it is. Maybe I'm invested as far as that. Like, hey, I need these guys to, you know, whatever. But as far as like the game itself, I'm not sitting there like, oh, man, this is a really great game. Oh, boy, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, because I always get asked, like, why don't I really discuss NBA as much? And it's mainly either Major League Baseball or it's NFL or, you know, now that we've kind of incorporated wrestling back into it a bit. And it's real simple. The NBA is just not what it once was for, for me anyway. You know, for other guys who, who like to watch it, that's fine. You know, if you like it, that's, you know, again, everybody has different styles, tastes, opinions, outlooks, all that good shit, right? Everybody's got that. That's fine. For me... Don't get, I'm not sitting there going, oh my God, you know, Knicks are playing the Warriors tonight, you know, at 7.30 on MSG, you know, I have to be on the couch at like 7.25, you know, to, you know, to watch the rest of the pregame show, you know, and listen to Walt Clyde Frazier talk about how, you know, Jalen Brunson's going to have something percolating and how they need to be swishing and dishing and all that. I, I, I really don't have that. Plus at that time, I'm outside. Yes, in wintertime. I am outside smoking a cigar and enjoying myself. So, 
you know, it's just one of those, I'm not like, oh my God, the Knicks are on tonight. Obviously, when baseball comes around, you know, 7.05 first pitch, yeah, wherever I am, I'm sitting down, that's it. You know, I want to see what this Yankee team's going to be. You know, I want to see what the Mets are going to do. You, you know, because even though you're a Yankee fan, you want to see what the rival's doing. So kind of like for the, you know, the fan base first fan base effect. Like, hey, you know, we destroyed, say we're playing Toronto. It's like, hey, you know, we destroyed Toronto last night. Uh, what did the Mets do against, say, the Marlins? Oh, you got your asses handed to you, whatever it is. But, you know, there is still more NFL to talk about, though. Because there's obviously the rumor mill. There's the draft coming up. There's, you know, the, uh, the free agents. There's, you know, is this guy going to sign? You know, all this. And, you know... They always do that, like, with, with these free agents, like, the best fit. So, like, I seen a couple last night, Whitey, and one of them, and the Giants are stupid for this. And there's another thing I've seen that involves the Giants and a lot of Mike Tannenbaum lately. Yeah. I don't know if ESPN drug tests the on-air talent, but I think you should. And and we'll and we'll get into that because it involves a, a very, a, a very unlikable person in Cleveland for me. That I think half the world despises, and the New York Giants. But we'll get into that, Whitey. Oh, I can't wait because if it's what you sent me an email the other night, oh, oh, this is going to be very, very good. Uh, I, trust me. He wants no part of what I'm going to discuss either. So they do this best fit thing, right? And Saquon Barkley appears on it. Because obviously we know, if you're a Giants fan, we all know who should have got paid last year. Whether you're a Giants fan, not Giants fan. Obviously, they're not going to tag him. Because pretty much at this point, they know he's going to say, fuck your franchise tag. I'm not playing on that. I did that last year as a courtesy. I'm not giving it to you twice. Like, sorry, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to levy on me in a way. Um, but in, they're saying Houston would be the best fit for Saquon Barkley. And it kind of gets, like, when you look at these best fits, it kind of gets you thinking a bit. It's like, yeah, that could be a team. But how about if he went to, say, the Chargers. Now, don't forget, you had that whole thing with the whole running back thing and Eckler at the helm of it, and Barkley was a huge supporter of it, of running backs getting paid more. And the NFL loves drama when it comes to certain things. Not everything, but it does like its drama and its soap opera effect. What if Barkley went to the Chargers and they say, we're not keeping you, Eckler? And they pay Barkley what they would have given Eckler before all his injuries. Oh, you know something? You, you just gave me goosebumps like the rocks coming out of something. Because that would be fucking... Oh, you know, honestly, yeah, that would have some sort of drama to it. And, uh, you know, because you're not going to pay both Eckler and Barkley if he were to go there. Because think about it, you know, the Chargers are still in cap hell. Well, yeah, and that and that's the other thing. For the Chargers to really do this, because a buddy of mine was like, you know, he should go to the Chargers and play with Herbert and Jim Harbaugh. I said, okay. 
I said, but now, how are you going to pay him? What? You're going to be like Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels and friggin' and Dumb and Dumber, where it's like, you know, a suitcase full of IOUs. Like, yeah, that's a five-year contract, you know, 200 million, whatever guaranteed. Uh, yeah, you see that's an IOU, every penny accounted for? Like, is that what the Chargers are going to do to get guys to come in? Because you, because from what I read last night, they're going to cut Mike Williams. That saves him, I think, roughly between 13 to 20 million. So you're, you're a quarter of the way there to getting out of the red and back into the black on that front. On that front they are going to either have to trade Joey Bosa or restructure his deal. You're either going to have to trade Khalil Mack or release him or restructure his deal. There's a lot they have to do to get out from the mess that has been made from these overinflated contracts to guys that really didn't deserve them. Like Mike Williams did not deserve the contract he got. Don't get me wrong. If you're a Charger fan, all 10 of you that listen, if even 10 of you even exist, um, I know there's at least 10. I shouldn't really say if they exist. I know at least 10 exist because they all are on Twitter. Okay. If you thought Mike Williams deserved that contract, knowing he's injury prone, you're you're sorely mistaken because he didn't deserve that deal. He he truly didn't. And the Chargers would be smart, considering the fact you drafted the other kid who's just like him, as far as height, build, play structure. I mean, yeah, it's great to have two guys that are similar, but. How are you going to improve this team with a new head coach if you don't have the funds to do it? So the Chargers have to cut a lot of ties that bind, and the fans aren't going to like it. They're not going to like it, but do I see Saquon in the backfield with, with C.J. Stroud? I could I could see it happening, but if I'm the Giants, Barkley's made it known he wants to stay here for his whole career, but... You know, if 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 God has other plans for him, then that you know, then so be it. And I think the Giants last year should have paid him and tagged Daniel Jones. And now you see why. And there are Giants fans that go, Giants fans that disagree with it, and there's Giants fans that agreed with that take. I mean, it's been it's been discussed a lot. And you know, I'm I'm a proponent of listen. I understand that your quarterback is your on field general. I don't think it's more, and I know we've discussed this, but maybe if you went with this take on it, it's not necessarily that they paid him. It's what they paid him. Like the amount, the guarantee, the the annual base salary, I think is what really kind of annoys people because it's like, okay, this guy... Since he's come into the league, and yeah, you yeah, you've had head coach the head coaching revolving door and the offensive coordinator revolving door. So how's he ever supposed to progress if you know he's he's learning a new system every twenty five minutes? Okay, I'll give you that. But then he has the one good year, and one good year to me doesn't necessarily mean you get this four year, whatever it was, whatever guaranteed, whatever annually. 
I would be like, listen, you had a great year, a very improved year. You got smarter with the ball. You made better decisions. You got us to the playoffs. We got a playoff win. Yes, we got our asses handed to us by the Eagles in the following round, but we got there. This is a step in the right direction. But to earn the big bag, show us what you can do under the tag. And if you duplicate or exceed this year in the following year, we will give you the world on a silver fucking platter and nobody will bitch about it. So be like, oh, well, he did it this year and he did it the following year. This is going to be a continuing trend. So let's pay him. But speaking of Daniel Jones and speaking of the Cleveland Browns and speaking of Mike Tannenbaum, I know this is a few days old and I was going to mention it Tuesday and, and it slipped my mind entirely. You know, when you do these episodes at six something in the morning and you're just still trying to wake up, not everything is resonating upstairs at times. So, and sometimes even during the day, it's not resonating either, but Despite that, on I think it was Get Up on ESPN, Mike Tannenbaum said that Cleveland should trade Watson to the New York Giants for Daniel Jones. I get we live in a fucked up world nowadays, but why in the fucking Rudy Pooh hell would the Giants ever do that? Like, let's hypothetically say that was a reality, right? Whitey, well, well, we know it's not a fucking reality, but if it was, oh, it'd be a horrible one. You know, it's like that, that song by Beyonce, you know, a beautiful dream turned into a nightmare. <laughs> do, do, let, 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 let me ask you, did you listen to Beyonce on the way in today? Listen, let me tell you something, Bob. You can take the Sean Watson and put him in the box to the left. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, I kind of see where this is going. But um, if this were to really happen, all this is is Cleveland saying we made a mistake. And now we're going to dump our mistake onto somebody else. But does Daniel Jones make the Browns a playoff team? Like, like, like let's think about that. Like, does he? I, I don't really necessarily know if he does. Watson doesn't make him a playoff team either. I mean, people who sit there and say, yeah, well, we'll look at the record. That, that's great. But then a 39-year-old came in and threw for more yards than you in, in one game extra that, that he played opposed to Watson and, you know, everything else. And, you know, we, we, we outlined it on Steel and Teal a couple of weeks ago, you know, how how Maybe they should stick with Flacco as the starter and figure a way out of this Watson fucking fiasco. But I wouldn't do it. I just, I, I, I wouldn't do it. And then, like, Mike Tannenbaum's on this show, and he's like, oh, and then this team should trade for this guy, and this guy should go here, and, you know, all this other shit. It's like, if Mike, if Mike Tannenbaum knew what he was talking about, he would have ran the Jets successfully when he was there. And he would have ran the Dolphins successfully when he was there. You know why he's on ESPN? Because he sucked as a fucking GM. You wonder why Rex Ryan is on ESPN? Because he couldn't get the bills anywhere and there was no, no one else wanted to take the chance on him. So ESPN did. 
And now that ESPN, from, from, what, I, from what I heard and seen, you're doing my boy Ryan Clark very dirty. I, I'm, I'm sorry. A lot of people don't like Ryan Clark's takes. I don't know. Maybe because he's a minority or maybe because it's truthful. I don't know. And it's not my personal bias because he was one of the best secondary players the Steelers ever had. Not only that, one of the most ferocious hitting ones. Like, if, you, if you're as old as me and you're a Steeler fan and you watch Ryan Clark play, Ryan Clark could have played Shang Tsung in fucking Mortal Kombat. Because dude was taking fucking souls out there. Like, if Ryan Clark played in this era of football, he'd be the most ejected player in the fucking league. Like, hands down, most ejected. But they need to re-sign him because you got some of these fucking Metsifinokes on there that are just like, I, I can't. I, I, you wonder why nobody watches or listens and takes you fucking seriously. But, again, to the whole Cleveland Giant thing, and I sent it to E-Man. He goes, no fucking way. Because I messed up. I was like, yo, did you hear Mike Tannenbaum say that, that the Browns should trade uh, Watson to the Giants and Daniel Jones? He goes, there's no way that's real. He goes, send me the link. So I fucking I saw it on Instagram, right, Whitey? And, you know, I sent it to him. He goes, oh, it's on ESPN. Then it's true. He goes, but still, he goes, Fuck that. <laughs> in essence, like, fuck that. He's like, I, I want no part of that. But, you know, then as I'm scrolling through that, let's fast forward to a day or two later. And I'm scrolling through Twitter and Instagram. And Chad Johnson and Ocho Cinco had something very interesting to say. That a little birdie told him that Russell Wilson to the Steelers is pretty much as good as done. I don't know if he's saying it for clickbait because him and Chad, uh, him and Shannon Sharp do a podcast together or he like guest appears on his podcast a lot or he's like his co-host or whatever it is. I don't know if he's saying it for clickbait, but... If it is a done deal, why would you be out there already exposing the hand Pittsburgh's willing to play already? Like, I don't know. Like, I like I would be, I would kind of leave it on a cliffhanger note, if anything, or like leave it as like a like a mystery, like an enigma type thing. You know, that was like when you know again, like like we alluded to on Tuesday, Justin Fields unfollowing the Bears on Instagram. And I love Justin Fields' take on it, too, because he was on, I forget what show he was on, and they asked him, and he said, you know, it's like being on Instagram and messing around with that girl, but you don't need to show that you're messing with that girl in the way to kind of paraphrase it. And if you think that, like, Fields, just because Tomlin likes him again, that this is all said and done, and I see like the hypothetical trades where it's like we have to give up this year's third round, next year's second round, and you throw Kenny Pickett into the equation. Because obviously at this point you're going to flip-flop. Because if you do trade for Justin Fields, you can't keep Kenny Pickett there. You just can't. Because then, again, like I said on Tuesday, where it tells the story of we made a mistake on this pick. We have no faith in you and we just flat out fucked up. 
if you trade for Justin Fields, it tells you all that. But then if you keep Pickett, it's like, we have no faith in you. But now we want to watch you show we have no faith in you. Because if you think about this, and, and this is a horrendous stat, that since Ben is retired, they've only thrown 34 touchdowns. And that's a horrible stat. Going from Ben to Kenny, we knew there was going to be a decline. If you're a smart Steeler fan, again, you knew that. But you had these guys that, you know, listen, I was one of them. I was all for, for drafting Kenny Pickett. And I still think Kenny Pickett could be the guy if if Pittsburgh got a little more serious in a way and just did certain things a different way and maybe had more control of things. Because now, and I don't know if we alluded to this on Tuesday or not, but now apparently Deontay Johnson is going to have a hold in where, because his extension's done, and now he wants another extension. And that leads to people thinking there's a lot of friction. Do we trade him? What can you get for Deontay Johnson? I think you tell Deontay, listen, if you do this, 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 and this, you ask him for five things to do this year, and he meets or exceeds it, Give him the same extension you gave him originally. But if he declines, it's the same extension, but the money is less. Because most most Steeler wide receivers that are drafted by the Steelers have never really seen, like, other than, like, guys of years past, and I'm talking more recently, have never seen a second year. And if Deontay Johnson were to leave Pittsburgh after this year, who's to say he flourishes anywhere else? Because we've seen it in years past. Mike Wallace. Prime example. Guy had guy had the speed, the tools. And where did he and what, what happened with him? Nothing. If I'm Deontay Johnson, your your play on the field has to be worth the extension. It's like any other player in the league. If you're putting up abysmal numbers and you have like like more drops than catches, that's great that you work hard in the offseason. That's great. Everybody admires that. But if it doesn't replicate to on-field play, how can you sit here and say, I want this and I want that? Because you know what these you know what these players sound like? They sound like a kid at the toy store. I want, I want, I want. Instead of thinking what's best for the team. That's the problem in the world of sports. Everything is I, I, I. Me, me, me. Not we, we, we. It's sad. It's sad to think about that. But it is. And... You know, and and with Justin Fields, I read last night that the Bears are already taking calls on him. He could wind up in Vegas. He could wind up in Atlanta. He could he could wind up in Pittsburgh. Hell, he could wind up in Denver. He he could wind up pretty much anywhere at this point. I mean, if I even seen one ridiculous thing out there, and I forget where I saw it, where let the Jets trade for him. 
right? Let's a Jets trade for him, and he sits behind Aaron Rodgers for a year. Why the fuck would Justin Fields do that? Why? He's already been a starter in the league. Why is he going to relegate himself? Granted, it's one year to be a backup to Aaron Rodgers. Granted, you probably start a lot faster because Aaron Rodgers' other Achilles will probably tear in 19 seconds on a home opener in MetLife because they won't change the turf. But apparently they have to. Because in 2026, I believe it is, to host a FIFA game or championship or a playoff game for that matter, you have to have natural grass. So MetLife, at some point, will be reverting back to that. I think sooner than later, a lot of these teams should be doing that. But again, what the fuck do I know? I don't play in the NFL. I just watch it like everybody else. But there was also, you know, obviously with free agency. So there's a lot of notable free agent wide receivers out there, Whitey, right? Oh, yeah, you know, I've, I've seen some of these guys, you know. You know, I'm curious to see where they all land. You know, it's good. It's that time of year where it's like, oh, what's going to happen here? And so, like, with the Jaguars, if they re-sign Calvin Ridley, they have to give the Falcons, I think, this year's second-round draft pick as compensation. If you're the Jaguars, do you do this? Him and Trevor do have a connection on the field. I think you need a Calvin Ridley type guy in Jacksonville. Now, if he's asking for a ridiculous amount of money, then I'm saying no. Like, I would be like, listen, you know, you did this, 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 and this, but you're not worth what you're asking. You're worth this. So this is what we're prepared to offer you. And maybe it's $5 million more, but it's not going to be in the world of what you're asking for. It's going to be over here. And if you're willing to accept that, then great. If not, then we're not afraid to watch you walk away. And, and that's like, again, what the Giants are doing with Barkley. I'm sure they have an offer prepared for him, but they're going to let him test the free agent market. And I don't think that's the best idea for not only the Giants, but Barkley too. Because a lot of these teams are going to be like, yeah, you know, yeah, you, you put up these numbers, you do this, you do this. But you also get hurt a lot. And I think that that's going to do something to his value out in the market. Unless there's a team desperate for a running back that's willing to overspend. And you do have out of 32 teams, there is that small percentage of teams that are willing to do it. Because they're desperate enough. It's like that guy at the bar who at 2 a.m., even though you know nothing good happens after 2 a.m., is so desperate to get laid, he's literally taking home the Blue Lagoon creature. And is working harder than he needs to, to bag it. So, there's going to be a team that overpays for Saquon Barkley, and we're going to sit here, and a lot of us are going to be like, we told you. We told you. It's going to happen. I don't think the Giants are going to overpay. I think they have what's fair in their mind. But when you look at these these wide or these free agent wide receivers, obviously Mike Evans is top of the list. Mike Evans has come out and said, I'm waiting to see what Tampa does with Baker. If Baker gets his deal done, 
I'll consider staying in Tampa. And I think that's something you need to do. Lock up Baker, lock up Mike Evans. It's almost like a no-brainer there. You have T. Higgins, who Tyler Boyd's on this list. So this is where this goes hand-in-hand, because not only are they both Bengals players, they're going to probably try to franchise tag T. Higgins, and they're going to let Boyd walk. And every Steeler fan wants Tyler Boyd to come to Pittsburgh because he played at the University of Pitt. Under a one-year flag, I'd be fine with it because Allen Robinson's probably going to get released next because he's going to be another cap casualty. Because he makes, I think, like $11 million and you already saved $13 million. You cut Allen Robinson, there's, another, there's $24 million saved so far. You restructure Patrick Peterson's deal, that's another X amount million. So you're so you're already at twenty five million plus the salary cap is going up again this year, so and we'll get into that in a minute. You know, obviously, then you have Michael Thomas of the Saints. I'll be honest, he's been injury prone a lot the past few years. I don't know if he gets a big money deal. I think if New Orleans is smart, I think if Michael Thomas is smart, I think you play under a tag. I think you just take a minimal deal, stay healthy, build up your value. And you get your big deal next year. Marquise Brown, I don't know who the fuck's signing this fucking kid. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even sign him in free agency in fucking Madden. Michael Pittman Jr. in Indy. I think he stays in Indy. I don't think he goes anywhere else. Odell Beckham's a free agent. I don't know if he stays in Baltimore. Because we all know the drama that his dad tried to start again. And I don't know if Odell's happy there. Where does Odell wind up? Odell's going to be the wide receiver, Ryan Fitzpatrick, where he's going to play for all these teams. Gabe Davis at the Bills. Or as they like to call him, Big Game Gabe. Yeah, you can't have that nickname if you only have one big game here or there. I think he winds up staying in Buffalo. Jawan Jennings at the Niners, who's emerged. I'll be honest, if the Niners don't keep this kid, somebody's going to get him. And they're going to overspend for him, too. I'm just saying. I Listen, if I'm the Steelers, I'm looking at Jawan Jennings. I'm looking at him. I'm saying, all right, all right you know, all right, you're not the flashiest name. But when, well, when Debo was down, you emerged. We could use a kid like you. I, I would... I would honestly take Jawan Jennings over Tyler Boyd. Call me fucking crazy. Because A, Jawan Jennings is younger than Tyler Boyd. And I think Jawan Jennings brings you more upside because he's more versatile because you can do little gadget plays with him. Tyler Boyd, I don't think you could do that as much. So that kind of hurts your, your your value there. Um... As I'm scrolling through here, because I like to save things, obviously. Um, so speaking, so going back to the Chargers, right? So, if they did this, and this is just by releasing these guys. You release Khalil Mack, you save $23.25 million. Keenan Allen, 23 Mike Williams that they're going to cut. 
20 million. Joey Bosa, you save 14. So if they were to extend any of these four players, if you extend them, it frees up 15 million in cap space. So now the question remains, who do you cut? Who do you extend? I'll let you go first, Whitey. Well, you know, looking at this, you know, uh, I would definitely extend Joey Bosa because he's a key piece on your D-line, right? Yeah, I would. Plus, he's he's got, you know, he, he gets hurt here and there, but, you know, he's a talented he's a talented player for a defensive end. Yeah, you know, and I think I would, uh, I, I mean, I would like to keep Khalil Mack, but he's, he's a lot older. So I think maybe I would cut him and then I would uh, extend Keenan Allen. Oh, yeah, pretty much that's the route I would go. I would extend Bosa, extend Keenan Allen, let him finish his career in, in, you know, with the Chargers, cut Mike Williams, cut, cut Khalil Mack as much as it hurts. That, that, that's what I would do. You, you'd have to do that there. Um, and then speaking of the cap, the cap's going to go up to, it's going to go up in essence in total to 250 from this current year's 225. So it goes up another 25 million. And right now, the Commanders, Titans, Bears, Patriots, and the Bengals have the most cap space. So if you're a free agent, they're not the sexiest places to go. But teams that are willing to overspend are teams with the most cap money. We've seen it time and time again. So if you're a free agent out there, that's somewhere I would go. <coughs> that, that's just, in my opinion, that's that. Something else that we didn't discuss. Chris Sims comes out and says this about a certain quarterback in the NFC East. And this is from him, so I'll put air quotes. I respect a lot about Jalen Hurts, but I think Jalen Hurts is also like the most overrated player in the league. First off, also like... You almost sound like you're fucking Alicia Silverstone and friggin' Clueless. I totally paused. Ah, uh, as if. Okay. Fucking Chris Sims is just a walking abortion. But anyway. Uh, yeah. He's the most overrated player in football. That's me. I know I'm wrong. Yeah, you are. He's always wrong. He's a fucking idiot. Uh, I take a lot of crap about that comment. You take a lot of crap about a lot of shit, Chris Sims. Let, let's just be real about that. Uh but he plays quarterback for a team that's an all-star team that they have the best O-line. It's not even close. I just think if you put some other quarterback in Philly, you put Kyler Murray in there, you'd say, damn, Kyler's amazing. He's an, he's the MVP of football. I don't know if Kyler Murray would replicate what Jalen Hurts does. And I'm not knocking Kyler Murray, but I don't know if he does it. For me, at least, he doesn't do it. I, I don't. I don't know. I it's. I get a lot of people hype up Jalen Hurts. I get it. And the reason why is because look what he did when they gave him the like once he had to become the guy. Look what they did in that year. You got all the way to the Super Bowl. This year was a bit different. There was a lot of. A lot of mistakes made as far as coordinator hiring. There was no chemistry. A lot of drama on the sideline. You know, you could attribute that to a down year. 
But to say he's overrated, I mean, I think, I mean, listen, you could you could complain about that contract, but he did them a favor by deferring it so that they could keep spending. They're not in the Chargers situation where they can't keep adding pieces and plug in. I, I don't know. I, I wonder what Aaron at Brutally Honest thinks about that. I wonder what Joey House thinks about that. I'm sure I'm going to get a comment. I don't think he's overrated. I think Jalen Hurts is a very good quarterback in the league. I think if you were to put Jalen Hurts in Vegas, he improves them tremendously. I think if you put him in Dallas... I think they go a lot further with Jalen Hurts than they do with Dak Prescott. Which, by the way, how is this guy going to reset the QB market and getting $60 million a year? What the fuck have you won? This is what I mean by Dallas pays for mediocrity. This is what I mean. You are ready to pay Dak Prescott, who has not gotten you past the first Round in how long now? And I'm not knocking his talents, and his cre- and his and his play. You know, the, the talent is there. How are you, as Jerry Jones, gonna pay this man sixty million a year for mediocrity? Somebody tell me where in the world this makes sense. It does not make sense to me to get money like that. You have to do what Mahomes has done. I'm just, I hate to compare it, but look at what Pat Mahomes is doing. Look at what he's doing. He's worth every bit of that deal. And you're telling me that Dak Prescott is going to get paid more for doing way less? Like, holy fucking shit. You're better off having the guy who played fucking Shooter McGavin and Happy Gilmore, who plays boss man in the show Ballers with The Rock, run the Cowboys and Jerry Jones. I mean, because that's fucking ludicrous to me. It really is. Not even Ben Roethlisberger got 60 million. Not even Tom Brady got 60 million a year. And they want more. Like, are you... Jerry Jones. How crunk are you down there in Dallas? Like, holy shit. Like, he's lucky he's not like the rapper Mike Jones who like in every song put his cell phone number out there and you could call him and he'd actually answer it. Because if that was the case, I'd be on the phone with Jerry Jones right now, waking his ass up, being like, you old fuck. You are fucking stupid if you sign Dak Prescott to $60 million a year. You're making the Watson deal at this point look like fucking peanuts. As far as annual base salary. 
You're making Cleveland look smart. There is no way, no way Jerry Jones could do this. There's no way. You can't do it. You could tell me that gets you to the playoffs. That's great. So then you're the guy who gets the hot chick to come back to the house with you. And she gives you a tug. But you can't seal the deal. That's what this is like. What you're saying is. What you're saying is. If you're if you're Jerry Jones, we like just getting there. Nothing else after that matters. And people who sit there say, well, that gets you there. Gets you where? Gets you where? Where does he get you? Where? Cause he didn't get you to a Super Bowl. Since he's been the quarterback, they've got nowhere near it. Mike McCarthy hasn't gotten you there. The players that you brought in haven't gotten you there. But you're going to overpay? Dak Prescott? And this, and this sets a bar. And, and, and we'll end it on this. This sets a bar that mediocrity will get you overpaid more than succeeding. Because could you imagine in a world where Daniel Jones did exactly the same stuff as Dak Prescott, same stats, everything identical, mirrored together, and the Giants were doing this, you know damn well in this market, anybody who lives in New York that listens, and I'm sure E-Man, being a former New Yorker, would agree with this. It would be criticized, bashed, beaten like a fucking pinata to no end. There comes a point where you have to stop paying for mediocrity and rewarding it. And accepting it. What Jerry Jones is saying is like, yeah, we accept the guys who just, you know, are mediocre. That's what he's saying to you. You could you could agree with it, or you could tell me why he deserves sixty million a year, and I could tell you why he doesn't. Because to me, He hasn't done anything to warrant any of these any of these extensions he's gotten. He's done nothing. He's done not a thing. But Jerry Jones is willing to break the bank for him. But you wouldn't do that for Amari Cooper. But you did it for Zeke Elliott, and you saw what happened there. So history does repeat itself. Again, you're going to pay the wrong guy. You're going to overpay the wrong guy. It's going to happen. 
In the next few days, you're going to hear Dak Prescott's getting five years, 60 million base, whatever, and X amount guaranteed. And if it's more than what Watson's fully guaranteed, we may have a new fucking jackass team in the NFL I get to bash for the next fucking decade. Trust me when I tell you that. But with that being said, I got to take care of some stuff here at work. Um, Don't forget tomorrow night, me and E-Man will be live, a pre-birthday edition for my man E-Man. We may have one or two guests. I'm not sure yet. That is still in the works. Uh, But again, I just like to thank everybody. Everybody knows who they are. I got somebody freaking pulling up to the fucking door to give me a fucking stock order. So uh, I got to cut the, sh- uh, the shout out short, but make sure you tune in Friday night. Enjoy this episode. If you, if you feel that Dak Prescott deserves 60 million, you could comment under the link and tell me why, but be prepared for the reasons why he shouldn't get it till the next one. Stay safe. And as always, peace.